0: Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, let's open the scripture together. We're going to go back into the book of Psalms, and this is familiar. Hopefully it's not too familiar for you. I think sometimes when some, a passage is familiar with us, uh, because maybe you memorized it as a kid, Psalm 23. Uh, you say, oh, now I, I know that one, I know that one. So that's the problem. Uh, that is the problem sometimes for us, but uh, we need to be able to allow the God, the word uh, of the Lord to speak to us. And uh, so we get so used to some passages that we don't always allow it to speak into our lives the way we know uh, that he needs to speak to us. So the words restore my soul uh, there are some, some of the most valuable words, I think, here in Psalm 23. Not that uh, the word, uh, other words are invaluable, or uh, less than valuable, I should say. They, they are valuable, but uh, really what they do is they tell us of one of the, the, the gentle works of the Good Shepherd, right? He's the Good Shepherd. He's the shepherd of our souls. And the psalmist is saying that the, that the shepherd brings the, the soul back again, To this place of balance, and we all need that place of balance in our lives. And spiritual vitality comes back, uh, and and we can walk in righteousness as well. Now, now the psalmist, uh, he speaks from experience when he says, He restores my soul. It's David, right? And he could, I'm sure that he could remember the time when he had drifted far away from the guidance of the Lord. Uh, And he could remember the days of grief and the days of sorrow, the days of shame, those things that he faced in his life like the rest of us in humanity. And because of his failures, he had been deprived of God's fellowship and and the joy of prayer, that joy of interaction with God. And so there had really been no answers to David's prayers and he had felt forsaken by God. And that loneliness, that, feel, that feeling of shame led to a confession and repentance and a restoration into the life of David. And David could say it with thanksgiving, he restores my soul. Well, let's look at this together this morning. And if you have your Bible with you, you can read with me if you like. Uh, and so if you have a different translation, maybe challenging here, but let's look at what... Uh, The the writer uh, writes here, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, just for a second there, as we read through this, you know, many times we read this, uh, maybe at a, at a funeral service, a memorial service, uh, but the fact is, this is for living. It's for living, and we understand no matter what time that we're in, it's, yes, when, when somebody passes, it's also for that time as well, but, it, but it's for us that are here, it's It's for living. And let's go on to see what he says there in the next verse. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a promise. Uh, There are some great and powerful promises in this passage of Psalm 23 and it's something that we should allow to speak into our lives and we should allow the lord to continue to speak into our lives through it now this morning as we come along there i've got have several points for you that we need to think about and the first one is as the tendency of our human nature our tendency as humans is to stray away like sheep right we tend to go our own direction we tend to do our own thing and and we know that Jesus, who is the good shepherd, and the ministry that he provides to us is absolutely needed. I don't know about for you, but I need it. We all need the ministry of the good shepherd and we, because we have this tendency to do what we want instead of what he wants. And we find it easier to do the wrong things instead of the right things. Now, I know I can't speak for you, uh, but the fact is, is if you're a human, we all have that same, we've all dealt with that same kind of human nature. And if it wasn't for this ministry of restoration that Jesus put together, and he did that by the cross, right? But we see it happening in the Old Testament. We, in fact, we know that God is going to do some kind of ministry of rest, uh, restoration from the beginning in the book of Genesis chapter 3. We, we know it all the way back into there. So we find that the shepherd's ministry of restoration is something that's continuous. It's something that continues to work in our life uh, on a regular basis. And, uh, and, over and over and over, he comes to guide us. He comes to direct us and help us in our lives. It's not, it's not just a one-time event. Uh, it's not that he doesn't help us in specific times in our lives. But it's that he helps us, and then he gets to help us again, right? And he can, continues to help us through our lives if we're willing. And restoration is not usually just this one-time thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of like this. You know, I'm the car kind of guy, and cars run on gasoline, right? Uh, well, most of them get to the gasoline, diesel, fuel, whichever one you have. And, and so inside of that fuel that you're using to get your car moving from one place to to another. They usually have additives in that thing. And if if you don't have additives in the fuel, then it's going to get all, the engine's going to get all clogged up. You're going to clog up your fuel injectors, all that kind of stuff, and it's not going to run very good. And then you're going to have to take it to a tech, and they're going to have to put it in the shop there and try to clean it all out and fix it for you so it can work well. It's kind of like that for us as followers of Jesus in this world that we live in. We walk down the path of life, and, and finally, if we don't have the right attitude, well, attitudes are additives, spiritual additives in our lives, then what's going to happen is we're going to start getting all clogged up. We're not, spiritually speaking, we're not going to be able to uh, do the same things that we did before. We're going to have some things that kind of get in our way. And we need to make sure that we stay, keep that, our system cleaned out, our spiritual system cleaned out. And so the Good Shepherd, he he's, uh, the, has this ministry of restoration. And, and the great thing about him is he is a gracious one. He is gracious, He's kind to us, and uh, He does the things that He does out of love and out of grace, not because there's something in us that demands, uh, demands Him to be kind to us and to restore us. Like sometimes people misunderstand that, but the fact is, is, is really, it's not because of what's in us in that sense, it's because of who He is. And after the hard facts of our need for justice even, it's then that we need uh, that comfort and that restoration of the Savior who is our healer, who's the one who restores our lives. See, the, the ministry of restoration has a purpose. It has a purpose for us. He does it so that we can walk in the paths of righteousness for His namesake because God has a plan for each and every one of us in this place. God has a plan for you online. God has a plan for every one of us, and He wants us to be able to walk in those paths of righteousness that He has laid out for us, but there's a process that He takes us through, and and many times we have to be able to step back and allow Him to help us walk through that process so He can bring that healing and that work that He wants to do in our lives. Sometimes the process isn't very long, Sometimes it's fairly long, right? And most of us don't like the long one, do we? Most of us like that process that's a little bit sl- slower. It's like or quicker, I should say that we get right to it and be done with it, right? It's like, It's kind of like going to a car wash. You want to get in that car wash in one end get out the other end and drive away, right? You don't want to have to mess around But but sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's a fast and quick. When does He do these kind of things? Well, He does it when our heart, when our heart or our soul is sorrowful. He, he revives us. He, he restores us by, by uh, coming and bringing that comfort and that consolation that we need. Because each and every one of us need that consolation. Every one of us need comfort in our lives at one point or the other. Why? Because we're people. And we need that. We need that grace that He can provide to us. He, he can do that when a person sins, when we fail God, when we mess up, when we make a mistake, uh, and the shepherd comes and he brings us, uh, helps us to become aware of our situation and our failure so that we can confess and then be restored, and we can be cleansed. He, he convicts us so that we can be restored back to his service, right, for each and every one of us. And also, when, when is another time that He comes and helps us? It's when, when our soul is discouraged, when you, you may be discouraged. You know, in the last year or so, there's been a lot of discouraged people with all the changes that have taken place. And maybe that this is where you're looking to the Lord today and saying, you know what, I'm needing to be encouraged, right? Because maybe you've been discouraged in times. And, and the Good Shepherd has a way of coming back to bringing joy, and to bring comfort and to bring strength and and to renew that courage that you once had. Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad that he does that. He gives us aware, uh, he gives us an awareness of his presence. whens When's another time that our heavenly shepherd steps in? It's when we're weak, right? It's when we're weak, we, we may not be able to do the things that we were doing before, and the Good Shepherd imparts strength and power. Paul, The Apostle Paul had moments where he was discouraged. Paul, he went through a lot of things, and so did the other Apostles. But, but there were times when he felt defeated, and yet in those moments he noticed an awareness of the presence of Christ that, who was with him, and he was able to say things like this. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength, Philippians 4. See, Paul was convinced of his own spiritual and his emotional weakness. He he knew it, but at the same time, he was convinced that the Lord made him adequate, that the Lord made him sufficient for the work that was in front of him. And we find that over in Corinthians where he talks about that. And so it doesn't matter who you are or what you face in your life. If you're putting your trust in the Lord, he will give you the ability to do what he needs you to do. He will help you to walk down that path of righteousness that he has set up for you. He will help you do it. And that's encouraging to us, right? It's encouraging to know that He can assist us, yet we just have to be patient. We need to be patient and allow Him to work through our lives. When's another time that the Good Shepherd comes along? Well, we know it's when a person wanders away and he starts looking to restore uh, that scattered sheep uh, back onto the right path. And there's at times we as people can go our own way, go our own direction, and and each of us are here because of the ministry of restoration of Jesus. We're here because we, we recognize the fact that we needed restored to Him. And we said, you know what, Lord, here I am. I, I'm willing to allow you to restore me and to put me in the right pathway. But sometimes we wander, and, and He comes again and again to restore us to that place of service where we can serve Him and follow Him it's usually a place of safety and, and, uh, and satisfaction and even happiness where we look in serving Him and God is working in our lives. I think we all need to be able to thank the Lord and to give Him credit for every spiritual achievement or every good thing that has happened in our lives. We can thank Him. And sometimes it's hard to be able to focus on those things because of the other things that kind of pull us aside, Right? Or because of it, we we start focusing on the wrong thing. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to help us to move forward in that way. You know, there's a a guy in the Old Testament, and I know you know his name. Uh, He had a few challenges, and he was one of these guys that kind of wandered away, and his name was Jonah, right? That Jonah, he was some kind of guy. He's a prophet of God. He's supposed to be a preacher, right? And the Lord sends him over to Nineveh, which is, you know, the the capital of Assyria, right? These are the guys that were so nice and so kind that if their enemy, uh, if they overtook their enemies, they would line those people up, their heads line their people up and run over them with a chariot. They were really nice. And the Lord speaks to him. And he says, hey, I want you to go over to Nineveh. I need you to speak to these people. And of course, uh, Jonah is like, are you crazy? They, these guys are arch enemies. These guys destroy everybody that's around them. There is no way I want to go to them. But the Lord sends him. He sends him there. And uh, uh, Jonah was a little bit disobedient on that, right? He, ju- he jumps out on the tries to go to Tarsus to go the opposite way. And, uh, and so finally, uh, <clears> the <throat> Lord got a hold of him, and he got into the belly of a large fish. And uh, we, many of us know the rest of the story. F- the Lord finally got him there in that place. But, but Jonah, he kind of whined about it, didn't he? And, uh, but the Lord took care of that and saw many people uh, change the way they lived there. Then you have Peter. You have the Apostle Peter in the New Testament there. He was with Jesus, spent that time with him. Uh, He was right there with him for so long. And uh, and, uh, this guy denied the Lord three times. He denied him three times. Uh, The Bible says over in Luke 22, verse 61, it says Jesus turned and looked at Peter after he did that, after his third time of denying him. And I'm sure that he didn't have uh, uh, an attitude of, I told you so. I just imagine Jesus didn't have that kind of attitude. But uh, we, we find that uh, uh, Peter recognized what took place after the fact, and, and he cried like he had never cried before. So there, there, there was a but. We find that there was love, affection, and devotion in the look of Christ that day at a strong-willed, at a disobedient, Christ-denying disciple. And later, after the resurrection, Jesus sent a message through the angel and also the women to Peter. We find that in helping him. And then on the, on the first Easter, Jesus appeared to Peter privately in order uh, that Peter might confess. And later, the presence of the, in the presence of the disciples, Jesus gave Peter an opportunity to say, I love you, over in John chapter 21. And, and in this way, he was given an opportunity to set aside or to erase that denial that he had. And and though it was still there, it was a reminder to him, yes, that he had failed, but it was also a reminder of the grace of God in his life. And we could probably all look back to some point in our lives and say, you know, I saw the time when God gave me some grace. And we can be thankful for that grace that He has provided for us I don't know if you've drifted and the shepherd is looking for you today, and if you've lost the joy of your salvation and he's looking for you, and if there's a shadow that's been cast across your friendship with you and God, uh, then or if you've been living a disobedient life or you've run your own direction or you just have been inactive, unwilling to uh, really engage him, there's a time to be restored. There's a time to allow him to work in your life. There's a time for that forgiveness. Uh, some years back, uh, there was a, a guy, he was an angry man. He, he went through this museum in Amsterdam. He rushed through it, and he reached one of Rembrandt's uh, paintings. Uh, it was called Night Watch. And he took that painting, and he took out, uh, he took out a knife, and he slit the painting. You know, a priceless piece of work. And uh, then a short time later, a distraught, hostile man slipped into St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome uh, with a hammer and began to hit one of Michelangelo's uh, beautiful sculptures, the, the Pieta. And so two of these works were damaged severely, right? So what do you think happened? Well, those, those in charge, what did they do with those two works that were damaged? Did they just say, oh, well, they're damaged, let's just throw them in the back room, and then maybe at some point we'll dispose of them. No, they didn't do that, right? They got professionals to come along and to restore the, that Rembrandt and, and to restore Michelangelo's uh, sculpture there. They put them back together. And I think that's something that we need to remember about humanity and about the love of God, is that once we have bro- are broken or messed up or damaged, that He loves us so much, and His hope is not to throw us in some back room somewhere. His hope is to restore us. And that restoration is so important and for the life of people. God loves us that much. That's why God, the Father, sent His Son Jesus to come to the cross for us. He's the Good Shepherd, as Jesus said uh, early on. He He said, uh, "You know, going to leave the ninety-nine to save the one." What you do that because you care. That's why He did it, and that's why He came to Earth is to be able to give of Himself. Let's look at a couple things here. Secondly, there are there are some uh, uh, sources. Did I lose my mic? That's good. All right. There's sources of spiritual decline. I am Mike lost my mic. You know, we'll get it all together somehow. <laughs> some of you got that before I did. <laughs> I'm slow. <laughs> So, so these, these sources of spiritual decline are, they're not really mentioned here in uh, Psalms 23, but we know that that's part of the backdrop of David's life. And some people say, I just don't know why I have drifted so far from God. It seems to, to be our nature. And we deal with the old nature, and and we and we it'll lead us astray, right? And we need to be able to recognize this truth about ourselves. And so, sheep have no sense of direction. This is important for us. They don't have a sense of direction, right? Maybe is there a reason why Jesus calls us sheep? You know, but uh, 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 you think about it. You have a dog or a cat or maybe a horse. And uh, we even, we've even had cattle when I was young that they knew exactly where they were going. We would drive them from one farm to another. We, uh, some of the older cows would go in front. We didn't have to direct them. They knew where they were going. I mean, there's some animals that are great like that. You know, you, you drop your dog off somewhere and you're out and you lose him. Next thing you know, he comes back two months later, right? Because he finds his way home. But sheep are different. You know, it would have been nice if Jesus would have called us, you know, cows or... Yeah, don't take that wrong. Don't take that that wrong. Am I in trouble now? But they lose... Sheep have no sense of direction. It's our nature to drift away from God. And the shepherd comes and he draws us back to the place of safety and then service. Sheep have poor eyes. Kind of an unusual eye, uh, but because they can kind of, I don't know if you realize, they actually can see 300 degrees. They can see 300 degrees around them, so it's, it's really weird. And uh, so not, not quite 360, so they can see partway behind them. Their peripheral vision is wonderful. So they can see somewhat behind them on both sides, and it allows them to protect themselves from predators. And so that's the way they are. So, hey, so maybe you have good vision, right? Uh, Maybe, they don't see very far. That's the other problem. They can see around themselves, they can kind of see behind them. You know, a lot of us, we can see behind us, but they don't see very far out front. They can't see very well past 15 yards. That's not a long way. They, 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 don't, uh, they don't select their direction by their sight. That's not the way they 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 choose how they choose to go. In Sid, they, they follow the sound of a familiar voice. They have decent hearing. They have to use their hearing. They they follow that sound of a familiar voice. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. See, Jesus said about about the sheep and their shepherd, he said, uh, when, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. See, sheep have to, they have to stay close to the shepherd to, to hear his voice. And, and they, they follow the sound of his voice rather than the vision of their eyes. And if you've been around shepherds, a lot of times they'll whistle, they'll do different things because they can catch the attention of the sheep. And I don't know about you, but at times the Lord whistles at me, so to speak, and and reminds me, I need to listen. And I'm sure he does that with you as well. He gets our attention and, and helps us to understand what direction he wants us to go. They follow the sound of his voice rather than the vision of their eyes. Really, it's safer and wiser to follow the voice of the Lord as He speaks to our hearts than it is to try to plan and foresee the path that we should follow in the distant future. We need to, in other words, it doesn't mean that we don't plan, right? We understand that. But we have to understand that in living and following Jesus, following the Good Shepherd means that we need to continue to be attuned to the Holy Spirit's voice. We need to be able to listen to what he's saying so that we can run his direction, so he can walk his in his path. When a child of God falls away, it's because he or she has neglected or refused to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd. We must be willing to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Uh, There's times in my life Maybe I've woke up in the middle of the night and the good shepherd was trying to talk to me and I'm like, I want to sleep. And then at other times he comes back and will say again, hey, I want to talk to you. I want to interact with you. We need to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We need to keep our ears attuned to His Spirit. That's why we heard the message that we heard this morning. That tongue, that interpretation, that's equal to prophecy, that prophetic word to help us and to challenge us to be able to listen to what God is saying to us. So there's a number of things that can really cause us to drift away from the shepherd. And the first one is the neglect of spiritual food, studying the Word of God. Inevitably, uh, if, we, if we neglect studying it, then it leads us to a starving soul, right? We become starving. You've got to have food to live, right? You have to have food and water to live. And it's the same on the spiritual side. And the second thing is unconfessed or unforsaken sin. It's one thing to confess a sin, but then we have to be able to repent. In other words, turn away from the thing and turn to God and allow Him to work in our lives. So we have to to be able to follow Him. And a person's first impulse tends to be to hide to conceal, to deny, or to explain away our failures. That's what humanity tends to do, and it's always easy to find the excuse to blame someone else. You know, Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 16, verse 2, these words. He says, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So it's kind of a reminder to us, we we tend to think, well, what I'm doing is right. But what they're doing isn't. Uh, and the Lord says, Well, you know what? Here's the thing, I know what your motive is. So they, they may not be doing right, and you may think you know you think you're doing right, but let's talk about the motive a little bit. That's why we have to stay, keep ourselves in check with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to speak in our lives. The third thing here that causes people to drift away is companionship with the wrong crowd, how, hanging out with people that leads them to co- compromise or moral, their moral principles and ideals. And this will lead people to do things that hinder their spiritual growth. It's being unequally yoked. It's not, it's not connected with the right people. Now, it doesn't mean when we're strong in our faith, we still need to be witnesses of Christ into our community. We need to be able to live out our faith, right? Right? And we need to be able to engage people that are not like us if they are going to have that opportunity to come to faith. But we also have to make sure that we recognize that we have to not just simply hang out with the wrong crowd and cause us to go the wrong direction. And I believe that's where listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to the Good Shepherd, helps us to know what the difference is. The, third, the fourth thing here is the neglect of service. It will cause people to decline spiritually, to drift away. And, and the tragedy is that many people drift away and are, are in need of restoration, but they don't even notice it. That's a more of a concern, right? We don't want to be the type of people that have drifted away and we don't notice it. We want to be the type of people that keeps our heart open to the Lord that He may speak into our lives and through our lives. One of the things that a pastor never likes to hear is when somebody in the church says, Pastor, uh, I think it's time for me to finish this ministry. One of the first things that comes to a pastor's mind is, okay, they're starting to withdraw. If they withdraw from this, then they may withdraw from this, and we're starting to see the signs of them leaving or stepping away. As a pastor, we, uh, pastors know that kind of thing. That's one of those things, that, and others that have been in the faith for a while realize that that's one of those signs where people pull back and they hold back uh, because they, they just they want to keep moving on. Now, it doesn't mean that there are times, and uh, we understand, there are times in our lives where we may step apart from a ministry and we may move into another one. There are different things that, that happens. We understand there's a difference but it still causes us as pastors to perk our ears up and say, okay, what's happening? And then you walk walk through those details and you work through that. And we understand that we don't want to pull away from our Lord, but pulling away from service sometimes means that. Not always, but sometimes means that. The third thing we have this morning is the symptoms of spiritual decline. For every illness, uh, there, there are always going to be symptoms, right? When people are spiritually ill, they've drifted away from the Lord. There are a number of symptoms by which we can detect that spiritual condition. And a complaining attitude can be one of those things and an indication that something's wrong. Or maybe we need to work through some things, right? I, I don't know about you. I've complained before. Uh, probably all of us have complained here in this place. We've all done that. Uh, but we have to then go to the Lord and take those things to Him as well. And when you're unhappy with yourself, you're usually unhappy with other people. Uh, I, I don't, maybe you're like me, though, too. If, if you get tired and you need to eat, maybe that's when you can complain easier, right? you got to know yourself, too, Right? There's something to be said about that, and knowing when we need to get sleep, knowing when we need to eat properly, and all those kind of things, those are really important, and they can have an effect on our spiritual lives if we don't take care of ourselves like that. And so those things are important too. Uh, But also an indifferent spirit that leads to uh, inactivity is another symptom of spiritual sickness. Really, indifference is really the opposite of love. Opposite of love isn't hate. Uh, The opposite of love really is indifference. It's like, I don't care, what does it matter? We we have to be careful that if we start getting into that place, that we have to say, okay, Lord, how do we step out of this? You're the good shepherd, lead me out to the path of righteousness here. How How do I walk out of this and get past that? Another one is a lack of awareness of the lostness of lost people. It's an indication of a spiritual decline. Are we noticing there are people around us who need need to put their trust in Jesus? If we're not, we need to step back. We need to step back a little bit and say, Lord, here I am. What is happening? Because we need to make sure that we recognize there is a lost world around us and we are part of the solution it's like the, the, the prophetic words you heard earlier that, that about being kind when you can. When you can, that matters. That, that, that matters. It's important for us to be able to engage people because we are part of the solution. doesn't mean we're perfect. I wish I could say we were, but we are not. And so because of that, we still are moving towards Him and allowing Him to work in our lives. How do you know when bread is starting to go bad? Well, you, you usually get yeah, usually gets that little bluish hair on top of it, right? Or or maybe it starts, uh, it becomes really hard, and you're starting to sense that about it. You pull the bread out, and when it when it falls apart in crumbs, you know, hey, it's a little hard, right? And we can notice that about ourselves too. If our well, we may not get the bluish mold on us, but. <laughs> Uh, but, we, but it's very possible that we could notice ourselves becoming a little hard. And that's not the place to be. If you're getting to that place, start allowing the Holy Spirit to help soften your heart. We must all allow Him to do that in our lives. So we see that the shepherd did something very special to respond uh, to David and to respond to others There's some methods of restoration. The Good Shepherd uses many different aspects in his ministry of restoration. Uh, Like Moffat writes it this way uh, on the translation, he says, He receives life in me. Is one way they say it, but... Have you ever neglected a flower or a plant at home? You just let it. Maybe you accidentally neglected it. Didn't get it watered, or didn't get put the little stake of uh, stake of uh, fertilizer or something in there. So it becomes limp. It gets wilted. It may it may turn yellowish on you. Uh, but, but probably in a matter of hours, if you just simply watered the thing, it'll start perking up again, right? You'll start seeing it become stronger, the leaves are better, and all that. Uh, and it's uh, growing again. And this is what God does to the soul when He restores us. We know that uh, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, our Lord, sent a prophet, Nathan to David, to, not to criticize him after he had sinned, but to restore him, to correct him, to restore him, to help him so he could get back up on the path of righteousness. That's what he did. And the good shepherd may, may use a word from a friend in your life. Doesn't he do that? He, he does that with each of us if we're willing to listen and we hear something from them. It could be the chorus in a song. Maybe you're singing a song and it just hits you. And you're like, Lord, I know this, this is for me today. I, I really need to allow you to work here in my life in that way. It could be uh, maybe some uh, faithful family member or a neighbor or somebody invested in your life. And, uh, and you, you remember how they helped you. And it kind of helps you to get back on track to where you need to be. Maybe it's a a teacher that you had in your life. Maybe a Sunday school teacher when you were a kid. It could could be so many things. Maybe maybe somebody that just impacted your family in such a way. Maybe it's a word of encouragement from one another at church. But the shepherd, the shepherd himself can use our hunger for something that you once found to be great. He can use that and reignite you again to restore you and to put you back on the place of safety and service and even in that place of satisfaction where you know, Lord, this is right. This is right. Would you stand with me this morning? Each and every one of us need to be willing to allow the shepherd to restore us, to invigorate us again, to fill us, so that we can write, we can walk in the right pathway, the, the path of righteousness that He has laid out for us. He has laid a path out for us. He's got a path for you. And you say, well, I have no idea what it is. Be patient. If you don't know what it is, be patient. He has got a path for you. And some of you may be on the path and you just didn't even realize you were on the path yet. Maybe you just need some guidance of the Holy Spirit. There's some guidance of the Good Shepherd to help you to understand, hey, this is the way, walk ye in it. As the Scripture says in Isaiah, whether you turn to the right or to the left, there'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Not sure where you're at at this point in your life or in your walk or in your relationship with Jesus. Only Him and you can talk about that to this level. I found a long time ago that sometimes that we can look at a person and we can say, oh, that person's really serving the Lord. But what we don't know is we don't know exactly what's in their heart. And what they may be doing could be some great things. But the fact is, is, is that person doing what the Holy Spirit is asking them to do? What the great shepherd is saying, really this is what I need for you to do. I need you to follow in this path. He's the one, he's the one that looks to the attitudes of the heart. He looks to our motives. Let's open our hearts to him this morning. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that the Lord would help you as he directs your life for the day ahead directs your life past that as well remember we're like sheep we don't see, we don't tend to be very good visionaries in general we don't tend to see very far in advance we can see in the back, I can see what those guys did, I can see what those guys did, there's Robert sitting there all smug (laughs) it's easy to do that but it's harder to see down the road But if we will open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, He will help us to see the next things in store. Let's open our hearts. Father, Father, we thank You because You have been so kind to us. Lord, we have all went went astray in one way or the other. Father, some have went further than others. They have went a long ways out of the way. But Father God, there's no limit to how far you will go to bring someone back to yourself. There is no limit on that. And Father, I pray this morning that you would help each and every one of us to be able to stop here at this moment and to be able to allow you to speak to our hearts specifically the direction we're to be going. Lord, I realize we'll be patient because Father God, you, you may say you need to hold on and that's okay, Lord. But, Father, what we do know is we do know that repentance is the best thing that we can do, is to turn away from the way we were walking, to turn towards following you. And, Father, this day, we choose to follow you. Friends, you can say that prayer in your heart before the Lord. You can say it out loud if you want to, if you're online with us too. You, Lord, I choose to follow you. I'm going to walk your path. I'm going to walk your path of righteousness that you've laid out for my life. I'm going to follow your plan. Lord, I'm going to allow you to speak into my life. And Father God, I'm going to run with you. May this be your prayer, friends. In Jesus' name.